0: welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right. Well, hello, guys. Thanks for joining us. It's time of worship this morning, and I hope everyone's having a good Good weekend so far, it was nice to see a little bit of snow. I think um, I like snow. My family likes snow. We actually just got back from uh, a weekend away. Uh, I call it the weekend, but we actually got back Friday, but um, my grandmother passed away last weekend and so we were out there for the funeral and just want to say thank you to everybody for your um, just your prayers and your thoughts and um, it actually was a a really beautiful. Um, time with our family. You know, as we kind of said last week during our kind of discussion, check-in time, um, it was just an an extension of that to where it was both the um, mourning and sadness and the the bitterness and grief of loss, but at the same time, um, our family is a deeply faith-filled family, and there is always this joy of Victorious hope because of Jesus Christ. That we know that, like, I did the graveside service, and I and the one that I found that I tweaked to kind of making my own was pretty much just leaving it like you know, this is we lay them in the ground, and this is the end. But I wanted to add, no, but there's more, I will see her again, you know. And um, so, I just wanted to say thank you, everyone, for, for your. Um, Just for your your thoughts and your prayers with us, we we felt them. We had a wonderful time with our family and really going through a lot of memories, and it was really cool. So, I hope everyone else was having a good week as well. So, today we are starting a new series called God Never Said That. Um, And this is really about, um, you know, Over the last 2,000 years since Jesus came um, and the New Testament was written, and even further back into the Old Testament, there are passages of Scripture that um, have certain essences to them, certain, um, uh, you know, that have become so familiar, um, or even just concepts in the Bible that over time have morphed to where in our modern thoughts. We say things that we think God, you know, what God wants or what God is about or what scripture says about certain things that have kind of infiltrated our modern, particularly American, mindset. Um, when in reality, um, they're just misconceptions that God never said that. So this, this uh, short series we're going to do for a few weeks is really just going to take us through um, a few different ideas of things that, that either we say or we hear other people say um, and how actually that's not true. And then just to kind of give you guys a little bit further out, we are going to be starting in the first uh, week of April I'm sorry, of March, uh, a message series uh, called Redemption that's going to lead us through Lent up to Easter. And it's going to be six weeks of stories of redemption and how they all throughout the Bible, how they all point to the redemption of Jesus Christ on the cross. Um, It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for it, and so um, this year I want to be more intentional about Lent and that that season of just sort of um, going through that period of time leading up to um, the the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so we're going to be doing that together through that series. But today we're starting. God never said that. And the first the first one is this: is that um, people oftentimes will say, "Look, what's the big deal? I know that God just wants me to be happy. God just wants me." to be happy. God wants you happy. Well, what if I told you that God doesn't want you happy? Like, what if I said God does not want you happy? That would probably be pretty upsetting <laughs> to most of us. Um, and in fact, it's just, it sounds a lot better when I say things like, no, of course God wants, us. wants you to be happy. He wants you to enjoy your life. He, God has good things in store for you, right? That's a... That's a lot happier sounding, a lot more fulfilling sounding than God doesn't want you happy. In fact, there's even a passage of scripture, there's a verse in the Bible that seems to indicate that God does want us to be happy. Psalm 97, verse 12 says, May all who are godly be happy. So so what's the problem with us saying that God just wants me to be happy? Well, the problem is, is that it's not that, that God doesn't want us to be happy. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's that God doesn't want us to be happy above all things. Like, that should not be the primary goal of our life. Because here's why. Here's what, what what happens when we begin that mindset. If we think, if we believe, God wants me happy. God wants you happy. Like, that's a goal of his. This is what begins to happen to our thought process. I call this the theology of happiness. Number one... Well, whatever makes me happy must be right, right? And whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. If God wants me to be happy, like if that's what God wants, he wants me to be happy, then it creates confusion in our circumstances because then if God wants me to be happy, then if something makes me happy, it should be right. And if something makes me unhappy, then it must be wrong. Sheryl Crow even wrote a song where she said, If it makes you happy... It can't be that bad, right? And then she says, if it makes you happy, then why the H E double hockey sticks are you so sad? Right? This is a modern concept, right? From our society. If it makes you happy, it really can't be that bad. I've heard people say that all the time. The relationship to Tribune, I'm just happy. Why can't you be happy for me? I'm happy, right? Like if, if the idea of life, especially when we think about God, is to be happy. We just want to be happy all the time. Well, then the things that we do must be that make us happy must be right, and the things that make us unhappy must be wrong. But then, from that space, if that's the case, if God really wants us to be happy all the time, and whatever makes me happy must be right, and whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong, well, then the next logical step is that things like discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, inconveniences, obstacles can't be God's will. Because if God's desire in our life is for, his, is for us to be happy, well, then he fails us or that it must not be what he wants for me if these things. So then we begin to look at God and go, God, where are you? What am I doing wrong? How come you're causing me to be in this circumstance? We, we begin to think, see our life and our situations and the problems that we face as though they're out of God's will. And then from there, it goes even further That without knowing it, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. Because what do those do, right? We seek after the 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 comfort to keep us away from discomfort. We seek after avoiding delay. We seek about averse, you know, being averse to risk and making sure that we're safe. We we want to avoid suffering at all costs. We want to make our life more convenient, not inconvenient. We want to avoid obstacles whenever possible. And so, we, without knowing it, because of this mindset that God wants me to be happy. I fall into this trap of putting my faith in actually things like money and comfort and pleasure and things. And so what happens is when we make our life all about happiness, God just wants me to be happy, God begins to exist to serve us. Because now we only go to Him when we need things, right? God, I, this problem that I'm facing, can you fix it? God, I don't have enough money, can you give me the money? And that stems from a place of I don't have money, so I don't, I'm not happy, Right? And so we reduce him to what I call the cosmic Coke machine. You know, when I'm thirsty on a hot day, I want to go to the, to the Coke machine and I put in my dollar bill or $1. twenty-five or dollar fifty or whatever it is these days, and you push the button and that satisfying feeling of the, and it rolls out, right? And you reach in and you get that sound and you just drink it and it's so refreshing and now I'm happy because I got what I paid for what I thought I was going to get right and so in our circumstances because I want to be happy god this thing this obstacle that I need to avoid or this discomfort or this pain or this risk or suffering that I'm going through or fear or whatever it might be right you go to him and you say fix it for me and you push the button of prayer right you put in your dollar i went to church this week and i pushed the button And then it gets stuck. You know that moment at the vending machine when you push the button and it just kind of gets stuck and it doesn't come out? What do you do? You start shaking the machine. You kick it. Sometimes you actually like stick your hand all up inside. You're trying to get it. You're looking for the the key. I've seen people actually try to jimmy rig like the thing and pop it open, right? You do all these. We do the same thing with God. Try to like cajole him. put his arm behind his back. Try to get God to do what we want because we've reduced him to serve us. If God wants me happy and I'm not then God has failed. Like that's that's the logical step here, right? If God if I'm not happy if God wants me happy and I'm not then God has failed. People say things like I've tried religion. I went for 3 weeks and just didn't do it for me and I'm not feeling any better. It didn't work right? Like, that's God as a cosmic Coke machine. Like, I'm not seeking God to know Him. I'm going because someone said, come to church and you'll feel better, you know, or I'm trying to find an answer to a question. And there's nothing wrong with seeking for answers. There's no, no problems with that, but that can't be the thing. God does not exist to serve us. Your happiness, and I'm going to shock you here, your happiness is not the highest priority to God, your happiness is not the highest priority to God. Now, this is what I would say, is that God does delight in your happiness. As a parent, I love seeing my kids happy. I love it. I love seeing my kids happy. Heather and I will be down here, um, and we'll be, we'll be watching TV at night, and Autumn and Lincoln have a, uh, a habit, a practice of every night at 8 o'clock, they go upstairs and they watch a show together, do something together. And sometimes we will hear them just laughing with each other. Just, I don't know what they're doing up there. Like, I'm like, I mean, Heather and I are just sitting side by side watching a show, just staring off, ignoring each other. But, but, sorry, honey. No, just kidding. But, but upstairs, somehow they're rolling around on the bed, laughing, playing, just joking around. And Heather and I will look at each other and we smile because we delight in our kids' happiness. On Christmas morning, when they open presents that they wanted something so badly, I delight in that. I love giving them good gifts. Just that today, I told my son that I'm taking him to the Pittsburgh Classic Auto Show next week, and there's going to be Lamborghinis and McLarens and and Ferraris there, and you should have seen his face light up. I delight. I delight in my kids' happiness. And the Bible says that God is a good God, a good father who loves giving good gifts to his children. So it's not that God doesn't delight in our happiness. It's that it's not his highest priority. And so we should not be pursuing him for happiness, but for who he is. God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. He doesn't want you saying that God just wants me to be happy, that happiness is the highest form of life. No, God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue him because in his presence, we we find things that we can't get anywhere else. And not just pursuing him for happiness, which means like, okay, God, I'm going to pray a lot. I'm going to fast. I'm going to go to church so I can find happiness, but for who he is, because as we discover who he is, we actually discover the truth To life. So it's not that God doesn't want us to be happy, but there are circumstances that God doesn't want us to be happy. And what are some of those circumstances? Well, let's talk about those. Number one, God doesn't want you to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. Or we could say it like this something sinful or stupid. Alright. God does not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. I heard a story once of um, this uh, zip line. How many of you have been on a zip line before they 're a lot of fun, but you get on a zip line because you know that there's an ending and it 's safe and you're, and you 're you're on it you know like strapped in well there was uh, there was this zip line that came from like this uh, this really big property that um, uh, the, at the top upper end of the property, went down the hill into and then stopped at a tree. And so, uh, this family would get on the zip line, and all the older kids and the adults would get on it because at the bottom they could, they, they were tall enough to drag their feet um, as they stopped to slow down before they slammed into the tree. Well, one day, uh, this family member was not paying attention and a little girl about Maddie's size um, decided she wanted to do the zip line too, right? Because why not? You see everybody else having fun. This is awesome. I want to do it. No, you're not allowed to go. I mean, this happens all the time, you know, with parents and their kids. Like, I want to do that. Come on, can I do it? No, you're not old enough. You're not ready for it right? We, we know what we're talking about. Well, but what happens, right? And We do this, okay, take the metaphor. As adults, we do this in our lives as well, right? We're not supposed to. It's not good for us, but we want it because it seems like it's fun, right? Or it seems like it's a good thing. So what happens is this little girl, while no one is looking, decides to do the zip line, and everything is great for a while. Zip, just going down the zip and then she gets towards the bottom where the tree is and realizes her feet are not long enough to be able to drag in and so what happens is before she knows it she smacks right into the tree and busts out a couple of teeth blood everywhere right this is an example of what we're talking about but God I just want to be happy and you just want me to be happy and God goes no I delight in your happiness but not when it's something stupid or sinful that's going to hurt you in the end in 1st Peter chapter 1 verse 15 it says this but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do there is something about us being separated from things that even appear to be fun because they're just not right they're not they're not smart they're not wise they're sinful some things there is a road or a way that seems right to a man right but God knows the true path that leads to life, right? And so, so there's this idea of us that, that, that God does not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. And we hear people all the time make excuses because they're not happy to do something that they, that they, you know, um, that they shouldn't do or that they know is wrong or isn't healthy. For example, married couples who say, I'm just not happy, we're going we're gonna to divorce, we're, I'm not happy anymore. What happened? You've been married 25 years, we're not happy anymore, right? So we're not staying married. And so since I'm not happy anymore, I'm allowed to do things that would otherwise be wrong. It's like, uh, well, it's my birthday and I'm happy, I'm going to eat this entire cake right? And then later on, you're going to have a stomach ache for it. Or, you know, I'm just not happy in my job. So I quit my job, even though I have three kids and, and uh, I don't have a job yet, but I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Or my wife isn't meeting my needs. So I'm going to look at porn um, or premarital sex, right? Like, well, we're in love. Like, it's okay. Like we're in love. It's all right. God will understand, but you're not married and it's not designed for that space. It, It, you know, maybe not even you're just not showing honor to God. Look, or, or a show that you're watching that's dishonoring to God, or it's crude, or something that, that you just. But it's fun, and I'm happy, and I'm having a good time with it. I can enjoy it. What's the problem? Or, um, you know, or something that's just crude. And just because it's funny doesn't make it doesn't make it right. And so what we do is we worship at the altar of happiness. You know, we worship at the altar of happiness. So God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or something unwise. But God also doesn't want us happy when it's only based on the things of this world. And so there are a whole lot of weird things in our world um, that people seem to find happiness in or they're looking for happiness in. One of them is a Snuggie. Um, I don't understand Snuggies. There are blankets with holes in them and it seems like you'd get cold. Or um, I've heard of something called Miracle Lotion. Anybody ever heard of that? I don't know, supposed to like really clear up your skin or something? I don't know. How about a shake weight? (laughs) I don't know, man. People come up with these things. But I mean, other things that we really try to seek satisfaction or find happiness in. I mean, like I used to be this guy that had to have the new iPhone every time it came out, every single time. I was pre-ordering. I was waiting in line for hours. I was that guy. Um, Could be a new purse, you know, I got to get a purse every other month or it could be new shoes. Some people are really into shoes. I mean, there's a website I just discovered called StockX, which allows you to find hard to find shoes that spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a pair of tennis shoes. I mean, there's nothing wrong, again, with some of these things. It's just that if you're seeking after them to find pleasure to find happiness, and that's your goal because you may be avoiding things in life that aren't happy, that's when it becomes the problem. So here's the formula that we tend to live by when it comes to really be happy, and you'll see that it's really impossible to achieve. Better possessions, so constantly upgrading things, plus peaceful circumstances, of course, plus thrilling experiences, plus the right relationships, plus the perfect appearance, equals happiness right that's this is our society This is what it takes for us to feel like we have arrived. And those are celebrities, essentially, right? Right, so better possessions. I've got all the things that I want. Peaceful circumstances. I'm I'm good at my job. My family seems good. Everything's right. There's nothing, like no turmoil anywhere. Plus thrilling experiences. I get to go like, you know, on a cool vacation every once in a while. Plus the right relationships. I'm married to a good person or I've got a great boyfriend or girlfriend. Plus the perfect appearance. Like I'm wearing nice clothes. I like, I don't have the pimples on my face. My hair looks nice. All of that now means that, oh, now I'm free to be happy. But it's counterfeit. It's a counterfeit, right? God doesn't want us happy when it is only based on the things of this world. When we think that everything that we have is what makes us happy. But it's like going to the store and getting that like imitation crab like dip. You ever had that? Like that stuff like imitation crab meat is like actually one of the grossest things like ever. It's Kind of nasty, so you open this thing up thinking it's gonna be like crab dip. Like, if you ever go to like the like a like a, a restaurant, get the really great like crab cheese dip and eat with like the little bread wafers, it's delicious. But if you go to Aldi and you get like the crab dip from Aldi, it's a counterfeit, it is imposter. And I hate things pretending, <laughs> pretending to be other things, okay. And and that's what it's like. You open this stuff up, it just looks like rubber inside of like mayonnaise, it's gross, right? Like, it's $3.99, it's not worth it. Um, It's not the real thing. It's wrong, folks. It's wrong. And this is... This is it's a silly example, but that's what it's like. like that's what like, all of these things, that formula of us trying to get all these things to make us feel better about life, it's like self-medicating. We're just numbing ourselves to make ourselves feel better and lying to ourselves that we're happy when inside we're truly not happy. Like We are not designed to be in love with the things of Earth. We're designed to be in a relationship with God and seek fulfillment from Him and to receive it from Him. And in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17, it kind of talks about this. It says, Do not love the world. 1 John 2, 15 to 17. Do not love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, loves the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of God lives forever. What this is speaking to is, again, it's not like, oh, like it's not, it's not saying don't have a nice house. It's not saying don't buy a nice pair of shoes or, you know, like eat good food. But what it's saying is, is don't make that the thing. But God wants me happy. No, God delights in your happiness. He doesn't want you to be happy when it causes you to, to, to do something wrong or unwise or when it is only based on, on the things of the world. So what does God want? And this is kind of where we'll wrap up. What does God want for us? Well, he doesn't want us to be happy all the time. It's not what he seeks for. God wants us to be blessed. God wants us to be blessed. And the word for blessed is this. It's a word that says makareos. Can you guys say that? Say makareos. Kind of comes from the Maca no, we're not gonna do that. But the word makareos, the word that, that is translated into blessed, actually means this. It means supremely blessed, but more than happy. More than happy, like like greater than, like it's not just happiness. There is something else. There's a quantifiable more, like a depth to it. There's something more to it. It doesn't mean, so if God wants you to be blessed. It doesn't mean that you will never get sick. Blessed does not mean I'm not going to get sick. Blessed does not mean that you're never going to lose your job. Blessed does not mean that you're never going to get a zit before prom. (laughs) Blessed does not mean that everything is always going to go your way. It doesn't mean that God is going to say yes to every prayer. It doesn't mean that you're going to get your dream house or get the promotion. That's not at all what blessed means. But what it does mean is that During the pain of your life, during the storm that you're going through, when you feel weak, when you're going through a trial, that He will be comfort in the pain, that He will be the peace in the storm, that He will be the strength in the weakness, that He will be the joy in your trials. It means that God will be with you at all times. It means that even when the world is against you, you have a peace and a strength knowing that, that this is not the end for you, that, that he is faithful, that he will always take care of you, that his favor goes before you, that there are times where you are going to get something you don't deserve in a good way, that there are times when, when you need something and it comes at the right moment. There are times where God will lavish gifts upon you Blessed means that you are more than happy, more than happy, that you have all that you need and abundance to it, that you are makareos, you are blessed. Psalm 37, back to that, um, says this, says Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see the, the formula here, the formula isn't buy this thing, get that thing, go to this place, have peaceful circumstances, then you'll be happy. The formula is delight in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Like, put Him first. Get to the place where you say, my TV, and this is, this is where I kind of knew when I, that I had really reached a next level in my faith, that I've really understood something. Is if, I, if God said, I want you to give that TV away to somebody, that I would do it and would be at peace. Now, that's really hard for me because I love my television. I love my electronics. I love my entertainment, Right? But here's the thing, is that if someone were to steal it or it were to break, would I be disappointed? Of course. But can we get to the place where I delight in God knowing that if He wants me to have a TV, I'll have another one. Like, that's that's what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. And I think it's both ways. I think that He gives us the things that we desire. But I also think it does mean that He places desires in our heart. As we delight in Him, He begins to change our heart. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like there was a time where I had to have the new iPhone. I wanted the new TV. I wanted the highest resolution, the best sound quality. I wanted all those types of things above other things. I would go into debt over them. But now, because I have delight in the Lord, as I've spent time, He's changed my heart to where I want Him. I'm willing to say no to certain things In order to get what he wants, and then I can maybe get something later. It changes your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. God doesn't want you to just be happy above all things. He delights in your happiness, but he wants you to be blessed. Imagine for a second a fish, a fish who swims his entire life in the ocean. It would be easy for the fish to look at people on the beach and say, I want to be that guy. I would love to be that guy, but put the fish on a, like a, on a little, little beach chair. Put him on a beach chair <laughs> under an umbrella in the sun with sunglasses on. Do you think he's happy? Do you think that fish is happy? I don't think so. You know, like give him a bunch of money, put a margarita in his hand, you know, beach Sarah, sunglasses, right? The fish can never be happy on the beach because he wasn't designed for the beach. And the same thing is true for us. And this is, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it's true, is that we were not made for this earth. We were not made for the things of the earth. We were ultimately made to spend time in relationship with God. And here's what I would say, is that moments of happiness, moments of joy, cannot compare to what is ahead. You have to lower your expectations of the earth. Like the things that we have here, the things we get, they will fade away, they will pass away. The things of this earth will pass away. But not heaven. You know, not presence of the presence of God. No new car, no new wife, no new baby, no new boat will give you the joy that your heart craves," says Max Lucado, is a famous author. So we'll close with this: Psalm ninety-seven, verse twelve. May all who are godly be happy in the Lord. That's where it says, "May be happy in the Lord and praise His holy name." God doesn't want you to be happy above all things. God wants you to be blessed. And seek his presence and find what he has for you. And then all the other things, right? Seek first his kingdom and, his righteous, and its righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and its righteousness. And then all these other things will be added to you. Not the other way around. We find happiness and delight in God, not in our possessions. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. We honor it today. It is the source of life, it is truth, and when we follow it, when we align ourselves with it, we find blessing, we find peace, we find strength, we find comfort, we find guidance, we find protection, we find purpose. Got all the other things you know, that we <clears throat> have in our life, let us, let us not worship or bow down at the altar of Xbox, let us not worship or bow down at the altar of, um, of, of cars or the altar of our jobs and our paychecks. Those things are good, they are useful, and you delight in the, in, in the goodness and in the happiness that we receive from those things. But God, may we not be a people that, that seeks happiness above all things. and we want to seek you. And in your presence, you speak life to us that no car, no money, no job could ever fulfill with. We ask for that perspective, God. Shift our perspective and uh, help us to honor you, to live our lives for you, and to put the things in their right place and put you in the center, and we will worship you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.